Hello folks, welcome back to the RLS podcast. We are on episode 43 and we're here with the infamous Forfer legend, Forfer legend, we call him that, or Kerry legend, whatever, somewhere in between, um, Johnny Smith. Um, I know a lot of you guys will know him. Um, Johnny's got a good few interesting stories. He's um, been a client of mine now for just just over a year now, I think. Um, and what a journey it's been in the gym. Um, Johnny's if you know him, he's a cracking guy to speak to. He's a big football man. Um, and he's gonna we're gonna dive into a little bit of gym stuff, a little bit of fitness stuff, but also some nice little stories from his travel. So, Johnny, how are you doing? Yeah, I'm great, Ryan. Thanks for having me on. Um, I literally just seen Johnny about 10 minutes ago in the gym as well. So we've kind of carried on um from there. But I'm still still struggling to cope after that session, Ryan. <laughs> just getting yeah. my breath back. Yeah, I mean, you can you can still speak. You've still got that that power. I'm sure you'll never lose that. Um, <laughs> but yeah, pretty much to to go into it, Johnny. Who are you? What do you do for a living? Um, tell us a little bit about your life. So, uh, my name is to give me my full Sunday title. It's Jonathan Munro Smith. Uh, I am 46 years old, born and bred in Kerrymuir, and. Uh, I went to school at Southmere Primary in Kerry, Webster's High School. I went to Dundee College and did some media studies for a year. And I went to Aberdeen and I got very drunk. No, sorry, I went to college. <laughs> and I did a couple of years at college doing uh, communications. And I did a couple of years at Robert Gordon's University. And I still didn't know what I wanted to do after that. So I... Did a wee bit of travelling, and uh, I ended up living in France for three years, where I worked in uh, in a couple of Scottish pubs. Uh, I've done a wee bit of bar work in America, worked in bars kind of all over the country, really. And uh, and now I'm doing what I always said I wouldn't do. I'm an electrical retailer. <laughs> uh, I'm the, I suppose, the face of Colin M. Smith, for uh, for Kerry and our growth. Um, and actually, you know what, after kind of fighting it for years and years, Ryan, I actually, A, quite enjoy it, and B, I'm actually pretty good at it, <laughs> pretty good at it, and, you know, that's part of it, I'm a guy who loves talking to people, uh, communicating with people, and I get to do that on a daily basis, so you can't ask for much more than that, uh, I'm married to the lovely Wendy, and I have two beautiful children, uh, Nicola and Lewis, who are uh, almost 13 and 11. I think that that just about covers it all. I bet you never thought when you were pouring pints in the in the bar in Paris that you would end up selling TVs, or did you? No, 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 mate. When I was <laughs> when I was a young guy, everybody said, "Oh, that's what you're going to end up doing, Johnny. You'll end up selling tellies and washing machines." And I said, "No, no, no. I'm never going to do that." But here I am. I've been suckered in, and actually. In the next week or so, it's 20 years since I started. So, yeah, it's mental. Life life works in mysterious ways sometimes. And uh, look, I'm I'm lucky to be where I am. And, and yeah, I enjoy what I do. So, good. Kind of, what it's all about. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, so how I know Johnny, well, I played up at Kerry Thistle a few years ago. Johnny's obviously the... The chairman up there, um, so I kind of got to know him a little bit there. 
Um, and then when I kind of came into this profession, Johnny got in contact with me. I think it was probably about about a yeah, it was about a year ago, probably just over a year ago now. And we spoke to the for, for the first time. Um, and you'd kind of just come, well, obviously come off the back of COVID, um, and you'd come off the back of a bit of a, a freak injury. Um, would you like to explain what happened? <laughs> yeah, uh, mental life was just trotting along for me in February 2020, like it was for everyone. And, you know, there was no real, well, there was maybe indicators that things weren't all well in the world. But, uh, yeah, my life changed on the 10th of February uh, 2020 when I uh, just innocuously slipped in the garden in the snow on that snowy uh, February, February lunchtime. And I slipped and... And as soon as I fell, you know, when you fall, you just think, oh, it'll be, you know, you just think, oh, I've fallen over. <laughs> but I knew instantly I'd done something serious to my leg. And I, I thought I'd broken my leg. And I had the dog with me in the garden. And all I had was the dog thrower and the snow's kind of pelting down in my face. So I used the dog thrower to prop myself up on my good leg. And, uh, and I managed to get myself on my feet you know, on well, on one foot, and I could feel my, my, my left leg was just just not right. And I was like, just just walk up the hill a little bit and you can get to your car and phone and phone Wendy or phone an ambulance because I knew something was seriously wrong. And as soon as I took another step, I did exactly the same thing to the other leg. So now I'm lying, you know, staring at the sky with the snow pelting in my face and the pain is searing through both my legs. I'm like, oh my God, I've broken my legs. What am I going to do? What am I going to do? If I don't do something, I'm going to end up here as a frozen ice cube in the garden. And that's not the way I am going out. Absolutely not. So I tried to roll myself on my front and I thought I could, you know, kind of commando shuffle up the garden. But as soon as I rolled on my front, the pain was absolute agony through my legs. So I rolled myself back onto my backside and I basically bum shuffled my way back up to my car. And uh, the, the most difficult part was trying to reach in to pick my phone out of the center console of the motor. And I was like, oh my God, this is agony, it's terrible. And, and what I didn't, of course, then uh, think I would have to deal with was I had to try and open my phone with my fingerprint, but my hands were so cold from the snow that the fingerprint thing wouldn't work on the phone. I was like, oh my God, is anything going right here today? So for the one and only time in my life, I managed to get Siri to work. And uh, I used Siri to dial 999 and the lady on the end of the phone, what's your address? Asked me my postcode about 15 times, or it seemed like 15 times. Then she's like, who's the victim? I'm like, me. It's just like, just stay there. The ambulance is on its way. I said, I'm not staying here. It's freezing cold. So I had to shuffle my way back into the house. And then ambulance, Wendy appears and my mother and father-in-law, my mum and dad all appeared because I, I just thought I was, I was absolutely sure I'd broken my legs. And the ambulance drivers were like, well, give you some morphine. And I'm like, no, 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 I don't want any of that shit in my body. <laughs> Wendy's like, give them that stuff, give them the morphine. So, uh, you know, and I got rushed to hospital and when we're in accident emergency, the nurse is poking at my knees and I'm like, I've broken my legs, I've broken my legs. And the nurse is like, mm, something's not right here. The doctor comes across, he's poking my legs. And he went, no, no, you've not broken your legs. 
he goes, and he shouts over at the nurse, he says, could you please phone up to orthopedics? And I want you to start with a sentence, you're not going to believe this. And I was like, oh no. And Wendy's looking at me, I'm like, what has happened? And it turns out I'd ruptured both my patella tendons in my knee, which basically allow your, you know, to stand and swing your, your leg from your knee joint. And basically the, 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 they laid it out in layman's terms for me. You've snapped it and it's kind of lying at the bottom of your shin somewhere. We're going to pull it back and we're going to hammer it back onto your knees. And it was both my knees I'd done. And apparently it's a very rare thing. So <laughs> that was quite unbelievable. Uh, a bit of a case study. But if anyone's going to do it the, the, the hard way, it's going to be me, mate. Yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd like to hear the, the actual statistics and the odds as to how, that, how often that happens. I'm sure it's pretty slim. One of the consultants said he'd seen somebody do it but about 30 years beforehand. And the other guy had said he'd seen people that had done both their, their patella tendons, but not at the same time. So, you know, years apart or whatever, they'd done them on both sides. So, yeah, a bit of a case study to do both of them, basically, in the one go. Yeah, that's that's pretty mad. Um, and I suppose through lockdown and through getting the injury there, it must have put a lot of stuff into perspective. It must have allowed you to really literally sit back on a wheelchair for a good number of months and go and just ask a few questions about, about life, I suppose. You know, the first day, you know, when they put me in the hospital, I'm lying in the hospital bed and I'm kind of trying to digest what they've told me that I've done to myself. And I'm like, you know, you're sitting there lying there thinking, am I going to walk again? You know, things you take for granted every day. Am I going to be able to walk down the road for a pint? Uh, am I going to be able to, you know, just walk up and down, just wherever, you know, from, from my shop to the paper shop, whatever. Simple, simple things. Take that to the bin, Johnny, that sort of thing. Am I ever going to do that again? So it's in there in the back of your mind and, and you're worried about it. So once I'd gotten, you know, I had the first night there, then they did the operation on both legs the next day and you wake up. And a day later, they're like, right, stand on your feet. And I'm like, well, how am I meant to do that? They're like, look, we've got a frame here, but if you're going to get out of this hospital, you need to stand with this, you're, you know, using the A-frame kind of thing as a support, a zimmer almost, as a support. And you have to show us you can do that before we let you out of the hospital. So that was, I think, getting them getting to do that. Now, I know they obviously do it to people with a new hip or a new knee. So... It was kind of like that, and it's almost a first step to, you know, gaining a bit of self-confidence and a bit of belief that you're going to be able to do that because you're thinking, how am I going to manage to do that again? So that was really good. But then you're home and you just basically have to sit for a few weeks, you know, and just gentle, light exercises for a few weeks. So I was in a wheelchair kind of kicking about. That was different. Again, gave me a new perspective on life. And, you know, to see it from people that are, are doing that every day, you know, that they spend their life in a wheelchair and you kind of get that idea of, of where they're at. Um, sitting on the sofa, watching TV, reading books, but you're sitting there thinking it would be quite easy to just sit here and feed my face and feel sorry for yourself and, oh, I'll just have a pint just for the sake of it, that sort of thing. But early on, I made, you know, a decision in my mind that I wasn't going to let that happen. I'm not going to feel sorry for myself. I'm going to do something about this. I'm going to gain myself, get myself back to full fitness, not just for me, for Wendy and, and for the kids. Um, 
for my dog. You know, these things were, you know, I, I made that important straight off that I, I wanted to, to, to get fit as quickly as I could, but not so much in a way that I would re-injure myself or anything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, willingness just to get on with it. I think that's amazing because, like, you could have used that injury as a, like a metaphorical crutch for the next number of years. Oh, I did my two knees, can I do this, can I do that? And just kind of wallowed in it. And I'm sure a lot of people, when it's nothing against them because it's a, obviously a bad injury to get, but they could almost use that as an excuse as to why they can't do many things. But I think, there was, as you said, there was a decision to be made and it was one of, we're just going to grow, we're going to get better, we're going to get stronger. Um, and I suppose that's what's taking you to where you are today. Um and possibly part of the reason that you maybe got in contact with me. Definitely. You know, it's it's about mental, you know, mental strength, what you're thinking, how you feel anyway, and how you as a, are as a person, you either let things get you down and just say, I can't do that. Or you have the ability to say, I will do this. This is how it's going to be. I'm going to do this. And, you know, I worked my way through my fitness and the only person I saw, you know, like hospital appointments were cancelled, Ryan. So uh, they, they'd sent out like a physio to come to the house, but of course it was COVID time, so she couldn't come in the house. So I would go outside and I would do stuff. And, you know, I was doing stuff and showing her walking with crutches and stuff. And she's like, whoa, slow down. And I'm like, no, no, I can do this. She's like, no, 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 slow down. You shouldn't be going this quickly. And, you know, from... That accident on the 10th of February by kind of the middle of April, in fact, to the tail end of April it was, I was able to walk from my house almost a mile into Kerry to the signs with crutches with the kids and I walked there and back. And Wendy was like, you shouldn't be doing that. And I'm like, no, I need to do this to get fit. The the physio could only come out so often. And by July of 2020, we went down on a holiday to just for a, two or three days with the kids. And I was this by this point, I was walking, but within reason. And I was still, you know, I couldn't run or anything like that, but I was still walking. And it was the tail end of July. And I walked to the type, I took the top of Arthur's seat. And that was one of the challenges. I was like, I want to be able to do that with Wendy and the kids. And Wendy's like, I don't think we should do this. I said, I want to do this. I need to challenge myself and prove I can do it. So, I'd kind of done that and that had given me the scare to think I need to do something with my life and do things. So I was doing a lot more walking and stuff generally. And like you said, it took me a wee bit longer just the following year after that. And I'd been thinking I could do something to get myself even fitter than I am, you know, uh, get myself into decent shape. And I actually spoke to one of your other clients that I knew, you know, he was a bit older than me. But he told me, I bumped into him, I said, I said, you and you're looking great. And he said, yeah, Johnny, I feel great. I've been going to a personal trainer for a couple of weeks. And I went, it's not Ryan Sturton, is it? And he went, that's the guy. And at that moment, I made up my mind. That's what I was going to do. And I could see what you'd done for a guy who was, you know, in his early 60s. And I thought, well, imagine what you can do for a guy like me in my mid to late 40s. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. And I think like you came in from the get-go with the attitude that you've kind of just talked about. And it was just a case of right, we got started. And for someone that's never done strength training, resistance training in a gym, t- took to it very quickly, to be to be truthfully honest. Um, quicker than a lot of people would. 
um, and actually have quite a knack for it um, and got pretty strong pretty quickly. And I mean, you've got all the benefits that come with that, the mental, the physical benefits, but also the, it was obviously a little bit kind of apprehensive thinking about the knee when we first went into it, but very quickly we realized that once we created a little bit of um, mobility, um, we were able to go through loads of different ranges of movement. Um, we're now at a point where you can go almost ass to the grass in a squat, which is is pretty crazy considering you had no knees a couple of years ago. Um, so, and then alongside that, there's various other movements that we're really excelling in. Um, and it's just going from strength to strength. It's been what you would say a, a very linear kind of progression over over the year. And we just keep getting stronger, fitter, refining all the other things, the, the mindset, the nutrition, all these things. Um, there's been loads of loads of improvements. Um, I feel I feel so much better in myself, Ryan. You know, I feel I've just got that. Like you said, I already had the mental, the mental strength was already there to do it. I'm not gonna lie, there were a few things I was thinking, holy shit, how am I gonna manage to do this? <laughs> the, the, the things like the Scots, and I thought, wow, am I gonna be able to do that? And now, you know, like even today I did, you know. 10, 10 squats, 30 squats, I suppose, one with a 15 kg and one with a 20 kg weight. And, you know, and I, I, like you say, I can get I can get down pretty low. Um, that sort of thing was amazing. But I, I feel better in myself. You know, mentally, I feel more motivated uh, to do things. I feel it's improved me at home. So Wendy's getting a better me. You know, I'm... I'm you know, I'm more energetic. I don't just come in, collapse on the sofa and go, I'm really tired. Um, what's for tea? I'm actually up there. I'm trying to help with tea and do things, do things with the kids, get stuff done around the house. But I feel more motivated at my work as well. It's it's definitely uh, helped me on kind of all levels. Mate. And like you say, I feel so much stronger. It's, it's ridiculous. You know, I did my... 52 mile bike ride there with with Forfer Athletic last Sunday, and now I had done that before, but that was before I'd started training with you. And honestly, after I'd done it the first time, I think it, you know, I felt like I was I was broken for three days. But this time, I got up on, you know, I came home on the Sunday. I felt fine. I was a bit tired, maybe slept well. Uh, but I was up in the morning with the dog. I took the dog out at night, everything, you know. So, and my legs still felt okay the next day. And I feel like I could get up and do another 50, no problem. So it's amazing uh, to think that this is, I, I never thought in my wildest dreams this is how I would feel yeah. after a year of it. And, you know, I always said, I would never enjoy going to the gym. I don't know what I'm doing. But that's why I came to you because you do know what you're doing. And you're helping me to learn, even a year a year on, and I still need you to point things out and and tell me. But it's just been unbelievable, and and I'm enjoying it. I enjoy. It. I look forward to my sessions on a Monday and a Thursday, and I feel great for it. Mate, unreal testament to you. You went from strength to strength, and there's not there's not a finish line now, is there? There's just there's just what's next. Refining what? things, getting stronger getting stronger. I've, I've finally, I'll tell you what has taken me a long time to crack was the nutrition thing for sure. Um, my eating habits and drinking habits probably have let me down, but for whatever reason in the last two to three weeks, it's just kind of clicked into place 
and I'm getting it, I'm managing to log everything, and I'm noticing it in myself how how much different, you know, I haven't lost huge amounts of weight, but I am starting to lose weight. But the shape my body is compared to over a year ago is unbelievable. It's just fantastic. I, I feel great for it. And I think Wendy enjoys it too. <laughs> <laughs> Superb. Superb. So we've covered the fitness stuff, the health stuff, the nutrition stuff. Something that I find incredibly interesting about you and something that you've always got loads of stories about. And I love kind of, it, to be fair, it probably takes up half our PT sessions sometimes because I'm just prodding you for little stories and stuff like that. But you've been many a place with the Tartan Army all across Europe, not just with the Tartan Army. You've been across both sides of the world just on your travels. Um, how many countries have you been to in Europe? Uh, well, let's go with a world, a world, world. Uh, worldwide basis. I'll give you Ryan. I have visited fifty-six countries in the world to date, to date. And the problem I'm finding is there's about two hundred countries in the world. So I'm going to have to get my skates on if I'm going to finish them all before I'm e an old man or be I'm, you know, I'm in incapable of doing these things anymore. Uh, I absolutely love traveling. There is nothing beats going to visit new countries. And I especially love going to watch Scotland at the football, like you say. Uh, I've been going for, went to my first Scotland away game in 1998. My pal messaged me, he said, Johnny, do you want to go to the World Cup to watch Scotland against Brazil in the opening game of the World Cup? I'm like, eh, of course I would. I've been to Hamden a few times. And I was going to see Dundee United quite regularly uh, at that stage. And I was like, oh, who wouldn't want to go and see that? I goes, where are you getting tickets from? Now, bear in mind, it's 1998. And he says, I bought them off eBay. I'm like, what the hell's eBay? <laughs> anyway, so who knew? I don't know what happened to that eBay thing. You heard anything about that? Anyway, <laughs> we bought tickets uh, from eBay and we went to the World Cup. And it was the most phenomenal experience. It was just fantastic. I'm not going to lie. I was pretty drunk for the three plus days I was there. But what an adventure. The sheer number of people that you meet, the whole planes, trains and automobiles about where you go. And there are the most fantastic, but you meet the most fantastic people and not just your fellow Scots that you meet because they are a lot, loads of them are fantastic. You're really wonderful people with amazing stories to tell, but also the people you meet in those different countries too, you know, you go in and yeah, okay, you look on the outside of some of these places. So just from a wee perspective, let's let's choose places like Albania, Serbia, uh, Slovenia, Kazakhstan. Now, let's face it, you say these countries to most people, they're not going to say, hmm, it's not my first holiday destination in mind. But I'll tell you what, these places were fantastic. The people couldn't be more welcoming to us, you know, to, to be there, there to, to kind of not totally immerse yourself in their culture, but certainly get a feel of their culture, the food, uh, the history of the places. So I'm not going to say it's not just all pissing it up every day for, you know, anything up to a week, uh, but it's amazing to see these places uh, and, and see what they can offer. And the trips, as you say, there is a bit of alcohol involved and there may be a story or 10 to tell. 
So here's a question for you, just a quick fire one. Top three games you've been to away from away from home, watching Scotland. Top three games away from right. Uh, number three is one of the most recent. Uh, it shot right in the top uh, top three. There it was just back in June. Uh, we did a quick double header. It was uh, to see Scotland play uh, Republic of Ireland in Dublin at the Aviva, but that was rubbish because we got beat three 0 <laughs> However, we then went. We were there for a couple of days. We then flew via again my planes, trains, and automobiles uh, Dublin to Nuremberg in Germany. We flew a train from Nuremberg to Munich. A flight from Munich to Antalya in Turkey, quick stop in Antalya for a few beers, obviously, and then a flight to Yerevan in Armenia. And we were there from Monday to Friday. Scotland won 4-1 at the most fantastic Art Deco Stadium, uh, the People's Republican Stadium in uh, Armenia, Yerevan, uh, capital. Uh, but the four days we were there were absolutely spectacular. A stunningly beautiful country, uh, a modern uh, cosmopolitan city with a kind of cafe lifestyle, although we found all the quality wee uh, bars that were hidden as well. Just a great time, an amazing trip around it as well. Beautiful, stunning place to visit. So if you ever get the chance, somebody says, do you want to go to Yerevan or Armenia? Johnny Smith highly recommends it. <laughs> great.